All right, turn with me to Second Peter chapter 3. We'll start at verse 1. Beloved, now I write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and say of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they will willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and as a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but as long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hasting for the coming day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with the fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwell. Therefore, beloved... Looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all his epistles, speaking in in them of the things which the thing speaking, excuse me, speaking in them. Of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask, O God, that you would lead, guide, and direct us in your word. We pray, O God, that you would forgive us all for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We pray, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost, that you would give me the the words to utter, the words to speak, to speak your truth and love, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you would cleanse us, wash us, reprove us, wash us in the word, Lord. Let it cut deep, Lord, those who are walking contrary in sin against you, against your will for their lives. Lord, if there, anyone in here have not repented of sin and turned to Christ, we ask, oh God, that you would draw them with the word of God, that they come to receive by faith the free gift of salvation, Lord, to turn from sin and turn to the Savior. We pray, oh God, that you expose those who have works in darkness who who do do things in secret but you see everything for your you're our God that neither slumbers nor sleep help us oh God to be more like Christ we thank you father for your grace your, give me the spirit of teaching help me Lord give me knowledge wisdom and understanding to give out your word freely to all who would hear and receive with thus saith the Lord 
Not my opinion, not what I think, but what is written in your holy scripture to hold up the bloodstained banner that we may be the men that you called us to be, Lord, out of darkness into your marvelous light, to love you, to obey you, to fear you, to adore you, Lord. We thank you right now in Jesus' name, Lord. Touch every man, every young man, every boy, Lord, under the sound of my voice to hear what thus saith the Lord, to, to, to be attentive to your word, to not be distracted by the enemy. We rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus, Lord, for those who are struggling. Struggling, those who are going through, those who are going through a trial, a test, Lord, of their faith, we, have got, we ask, oh God, that you increase their faith in you, Lord. Help us, oh God, to forever lean and depend on you. It's in the matchless name of Jesus, the, the name above every name, the name that where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We look forward to that day to see you face to face, our Lord and Savior. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Chapter 2, we went over, we talked about the, the apostasy that has infiltrated and will continue to infiltrate the church until um, till Christ comes back. There are always going to be um, those who are tares amongst true believers. It's not for us to inspect. Uh, we, can, we can inspect fruit, but we're not salvation in investigators. Christ himself will do the separating. Jesus will do the separating between the sheep and the goat uh, when, when the time comes. So here we see in chapter 3, it's focusing on Christ appearing, Christ appearing. Um, I don't know about you, but we as the church should be excited about Christ's appearing. Um, on the eschatological clock, the next event is the rapture of the church. And then after the rapture, the great tribulation, and then Christ will return to judge this world. So tonight, as we go through the text, let's walk through it. Verse 1, Beloved, I now write to you this second uh, letter or epistle, in, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of remember, to, re, to remind them. Now, notice, if you will, Peter is writing to believers to stir up their pure minds. He's not writing to unbelievers to stir up their impure minds. Why is that? Because when you talk to believers about Jesus Christ, we have a hope that should and will purify us as we walk through this life. If, we, if we're not encouraged by the word of God, if we're not seeking God, if we don't want to hear the word of God, we don't want to apply the word of God, we are just bench members. God didn't, Christ did not call us, God did not call us out of darkness into the right, uh, into the marvelous light in order for us to be sitting down on the gifts that he has graciously given all believers in Christ Jesus. So Peter, he writes to the church scattered abroad who are no doubt going through a lot of persecution to remind them of what Christ had reminded him. He's coming back. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus is coming back. Just as it's silent, sort of speak, in this room, but I don't take that to heart. In the world, they are not looking forward to Jesus' return. The church today is challenged to be reminded of this very fact. Christ is coming back. The reason why we should be reminded of that, even on this night, is because sometime we can allow the world to cloud our judgment and focus on what's important. Tonight, many are voting tonight. Some will not get the chance to vote. Some will be late to events to vote. But guess what? There's only one thing that should be permeating in the minds of every believer. What is the Lord? What is on the Lord's agenda? What is his rule and reign? What do he want for this world? And it's righteousness and peace. God wants to end sin. You know, there's a lot of politics going around. Poly meaning, meaning, ticks meaning you know, blood suckers. Well, Jesus is not 
a politician. He is not one who would suck the life of out of people. As a matter of fact, Jesus is opposite of a politician. He is a life giver. He gives life by his blood. He, he does not seek to extract. He don't, want, he don't want to see anyone go to hell. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter writes to the church scattered abroad. Verse 2, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Notice, if you will, that Peter puts him the same authority that he has that has been given to him with the holy prophets. Meaning, the appointed apostle had the right to be inspired by the Holy Spirit and write scriptures that God, that Jesus Christ sanctions. There are no apostles writing scriptures today. There are many false prophets, false apostles who seek to trick or to make merchandise of the masses in order to deceive us, in order to get our paper in our wallets. You can always spot a counterfeit by the way they move. You can always count an imposter or, or notice an imposter by their swag. For those who don't know what swag is, it's the way you walk. <laughs> Every blood-bought believer ought to have blood-bought swag. We ought to have Christian swag. We ought to be walking sacrifices Walking and living sacrificing. Walking and living believers who what? Display Christ. I don't know about you, but there are many times in my life when I was outside of God's will, not reading his word, dedicated, disciplined, devotionally reading about Jesus Christ. His love letter for us. And guess what happened? I walk contrary to his will. I'm not the only one. I'm in the Bible. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. There are some who willingly still miss the mark. But we as believers, we do not have a license to live a lifestyle of sin, which is some of us are caught up in sexual sin. God is against that. Repent immediately. Amen. Let's move on. Verse 3. It says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Scoffers, mockers, those who don't have a clue, nor do they care about what Christians say about Christ. I don't know about you, but even in my family, there are some who mock God and blaspheme the name of the Lord. They, don't, they was raised in the church. They know of, know of Jesus, but they can care less about Christ. They can care less about Jesus. That's why it's important for us believers to be witnesses everywhere we go. It's a mandate because there are many who are wallowing in sin and they don't want to be exposed by the truth. We need to hold up the bloodstained banner. We need to expose sin, but also we need to preach the love of God. Before we preach the love of God, you know what we got to preach, right? We got to win some by fear. Meaning we got we to gotta preach sometime that, that hell, fire, and brimstone message for, on those who have pride and have no regard for the Lord's coming. When it says he's coming, 
Remember when Jesus, his first coming, he came as Savior. He came as Savior. Savior. Well, his second coming, he's not coming as Savior. He's coming as judge. Flames of fire in his eyes. Judgment. Judgment. We live in a world that has disregard for God and for Jesus' coming. They don't care. Well, at least they act like they don't care. And the reason why I say that, because when you mention the word hell to those who are living in sin, they want to change the subject. They want to change the subject because they know, but they're in denial. There are many scoffers, many mockers in the last day. For those who may not know what constitute of the last day, it's when Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> when Jesus was transfigured, taken up, from then on, these are the last days. You know, they've been talking about, Christians everywhere have been talking about Jesus' return And he hasn't came yet. The rapture. His second coming. But the scripture is encouraging us to remember his words. To not forget. Why? Because if we have this hope, it will and it can purify us. What do you mean by purify us? Look at it if you will. Look at verse 2. No, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds. When we forget the words of Christ, we begin to drift and have impure thoughts, an impure mind, a sinful lifestyle. What am I saying? I'm, I'm trying to Really encouraged, but I'm trying to point out, highlight, underline, exclamate this point. If you're not in the Word of God, get in the Word of God. I'm going to say that one more time. If you're not in the Word of God every day, reading, studying, your mind is going to be impure. The word of God is the only thing living that can wash and cleanse our pure minds. Taste in point, application. You say, preacher, I'm struggling with lust. You're not in the word. <laughs> How do I know? I struggle with lust. You say, preacher, I've struggled with pornography. You're not in the word. How do you know, preacher? I struggle with pornography. I struggled with being undisciplined because I failed to read consistently God's love letter for me. Not for my family, not for my wife, Not for my children, but for me. We all have to read God's love letter on a daily basis for you, not for anyone else. Not because I'm saying it, but because God wants to enrich our lives by what he said and not what we think. Let's move along. 
Verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? The lust there is desire, but it's pointing to something that is not pleasing to God. Evil, prideful, sinful, idolatry. I said it before. The, when you look at the word idolatry, the first letter is I. The center letter for the word sin is I. The center letter for pride is I. Mockers or scoffers are those who don't uh, rely or not walking uprightly, have not been redeemed, have not been born again, are not walking in the righteousness of God, who think it's a joke. They're walking according to their own lust. Turn with me to St. John. St. John chapter 3. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Just want to prove my point with the scripture. St. John chapter 3, verse 16. And it reads... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's not stop there. Let's keep going. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light because of their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they, be, that they have been done in God. Turn back to Second Peter. Mockers, scoffers. They seek to live in the shadows, covert, secret service. You know, there's no, um, there's no secret service in the army of the Lord, you know. Some of us are ashamed to preach the gospel. You say, how do you know that preacher? When was the last time that you asked or prayed about before you left the house, Lord, lead me to someone that I can witness to today. I want to encourage us, challenge us, all of us, me included, everyone. Let's start asking the Lord to lead us to who he wants us to lead us to, to witness every day. Every day. Let's keep reading. For since the fathers fall asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they will willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. People forget... That the reason why we have the Grand Canyon is because it was a flood that eroded the rocks. People forget that God judged this world. And just like he judged the old world, 
He's going to judge the world right now. He brought the water to flood out, to purge out, to end sin. He's coming back to end sin. People forget, you know, they, they want to think about, you know, the Big Bang Theory. They don't believe in creation. They don't believe that God created the heavens and the earth. It's evidence. No man could ever create a sun, a star, the moon, let alone a little leaf that falls from a tree. Verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same words, are reserved for fire into the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Judgment's coming to ungodly men. Men who do not have God. That's ungodly. We are not to live as if we do not have God. We are not to live as though we are ungodly. God wants every man, every woman, every boy, every girl to live godly. To love him. To honor him, to obey him, to trust him, to fear him. Verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You hear a lot of false preaching going on. And the reason why you can identify it is they preach the good news, but they don't give you the bad news. You hear that Jesus, accept Jesus as your Savior. Yes, we believe in that. But... You also have to accept them as Lord. We hear it all the time. They put emphasis on Savior, but no one emphasizes both Lord and Savior. Not many. There are some. People preach to receive Christ, but you can't receive Christ without repentance. Yes, we can come to church as we can come to Christ as we are. But we are not to remain in a lifestyle of rebellion. Sin is rebellion. It's as witchcraft. The Bible says in the Old Testament that he desires obedience. is greater than sacrifice. The Lord is delaying things in order to draw so many. He wants all. How do you know, preacher, he wants all? The Bible says, not willing that any should perish. Out of all his creation, he don't want any of his creation to perish. That's a loving God. How do you know it? Because he gives even those after the rapture of the church a time period to go through the great tribulation to still accept him. That's grace. He could just end it at the rapture. Close the door. You know, um, I was in the line voting tonight. And they said, everyone in the line... Get the vote. But in 30 minutes, the doors are closing. 30 minutes. Everything has a time. Start and end. 
As a matter of fact, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If we want to see God, then we got to first see Jesus. Our salvation starts with him and it will end throughout eternity with Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's not slack. I want to encourage us. Let's get the word out. That Jesus loves each and every soul. Not willing that any. I'm talking about the transgender. And there's no such thing. You're either male or female. Amen. You're just deceived. Sin is sin. Whether we have someone who is a Christian coming to church but having sex outside of marriage, that's sin. Or whether you're an unbeliever that don't want to have nothing to do with God, that you're a drunkard, that's sin. Sin is sin. Whether you're gay or not. Whether you're a sodomite or not. All that sin in falling short of the glory of God. I thank God because if God, if you could just imagine or think about this, we thank God, we ought to praise God for his long suffering because had he came before we had, before we came to Christ, we would have missed out. We would have missed out on a great opportunity. We need to get the word out. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Some may, some may think that he's delaying, but he's just long-suffering. He's suffering long. You know, he sees that people are rejecting him day after day. But because of his love, with outstretched arms... He seeks those who are lost. That's why we um, are against the Calvinistic belief that think that God wills or damns people to hell. Like that's not in his will. It's right here. He's not willing that any should perish. That's a contradictory of scripture right there. I don't know all of our backgrounds, but that goes against scripture. God wills that all be saved. Amen. Look, if you will, at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with the fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. You know, he made a promise. We see the rainbow. You know, I want to make some shirts. I want to make some shirts. Very controversial shirts, but I want to wear them just to provoke, you know, a conversation. I'm going to make me some rainbow shirts. And I'm going to put on there God's promise, not perversion. And the reason why I want to put that on there, because I want to put there and make a bold statement that we're taking back what the world has hijacked. It's God's promise. Every time we see it rain and we see that rainbow of color, it's not gay pride. It's God's promise. The enemy would have us to believe that the rainbow, you know, that Christians can't rock rainbow colors. I'll stop by here to tell us we can rock it all night long. All day long. Yeah, I'm going to make some shirts, you know. And uh, if anybody not want to buy, we're going to make them and just give them out free. (laughs) Because the world needs to know from the scriptures that it's God's promise that he would never flood the earth again. But he didn't say he wasn't going to bring fire and brimstone. The world would be destroyed by fire, not by water. It's coming. Judgment's coming. 
Judgment's coming. The earth will pass away. Verse 11, therefore, since all these things be, will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Knowing that this world will be dissolved, right? The great reset. <laughs> God's going to do the resetting. We ought to live holy. For those who may not know what holy is, that means to be set apart, separated from the world, is separated from that which is ungodly to that which is godly. Separated from the world, but separated to the word. Remember, true repentance, according to the Bible, Remember the Thessalonians, they turned from idols, but they turned to serve the living and true God. So repentance is this, to turn from sin and turn from the Savior. It's God's, you know, I used to, I used to own a, you know, a, a, a 1996 double S Impala, you know. I love that Impala. We should still have the Impala. God got his own SS plan. He want everybody to turn from sin and turn to the Savior. And you know how he wants you to do it? He wants you to mash the gas. I mean, run to him. I mean, run. Drive. He wants us to be driven, our passions to be driven away from that which is sinful to that which is holy, sanctified, righteous. So in your spare time, when no one you think is watching and God neither slumbers nor sleeps, so he's looking in on all of us, amen? Pass the gas, smash the gas when you have that thought. Turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Let's go to verse 3, if you will. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The weapons, our heavenly arsenal, our heavenly weapons, they're not carnal, they're not earthly. They're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. A stronghold, if you don't know it, it is a fortified, something that's fortified. Now, it's nothing wrong with fortification. You know, if, if we got enemies on, outside the wall and they seek to come in, it's nothing wrong with locking the doors, fortifying your house. But it is something wrong if you're not in Christ. A stronghold to those who are not in Christ is not a fortification, but it's a funeral home. How you say that? Where you, where you get that, preacher? The same fortification, stronghold, is their prison. They can't get out. That's why the Bible says the weapons of believers is to what? Tear down stronghold. The word of God is so impenetrable when we give it out to those who are in sin and darkness. The word of God cuts, pulls down, tears down, destroys the fortified wall of the enemy. Amen. That's what the scripture is saying. So every thought that seeks to come against Christ can be brought low in humility. 
The word of God is the only thing that can strip pride. So we have the power. We have these, this arsenal of weapons. One of our weapons is prayer. You know, you might get in an argument with someone. You don't have to argue. Just give out the word. That's the prescription. Give out the word. Let's go back to Second Peter, if you will. Verse 12, looking for the hastening, hastening and the coming of the Lord of the day of God, because of which the heavens were dis, will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with the fervent heat. That's the question. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. You know the model prayer that Jesus gave out? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You guys remember that? Thy will be done as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about y'all, but we ought to live a life because we are citizens of heaven. There's coming a day that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're all, we all should be looking forward to that day. Because guess what? We don't have to struggle no more in this flesh with sin. We don't have to ask God for forgiveness. Guess what? We will be sold out completely sanctified in our glorified bodies. Pleasing to God. What a beautiful day. Get the word out. Amen. Get the word out. Verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. To be at peace with God is to keep his word, to remember his word. I don't know how many times Jesus had to remind the disciples of things that they forgot. We all forget. I might forget some of your names. Forgive me. We all forget. Unless it's at the forefront of our mind, we will forget. Don't forget. Be at peace with God without spot and blameless. We are to live a life that is holy unto the Lord. And consider that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. That's the purpose of his long-suffering, to deliver all from sin. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles or letters, speaking in them of the things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of Scripture. Here we see the Apostle Paul, with he was writing, that even under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter acknowledges that the writings of Paul was and is Holy Scripture. We have God's entire word in front of us that we hold every day. We don't have to circulate letters amongst churches. We have his complete word. Let's take advantage like the Bereans to search the scripture daily to whether the things that whoever stands behind the pulpit, whatever they say, if those things be true or not or so. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. We are to be steadfastness. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the... For as much as we know, we know our labor is not in vain. It's not useless. Don't lose heart. Don't get fatigued. Don't give up. 
keep pressing toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, forgetting those things. Look, don't dwell in the rearview mirror. If you do, you're going to wreck in life. Look out the front windshield, which is Christ, and keep it rolling. We sin, confess our sins, for he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't dwell, don't mal- don't be woe is me. Don't have a, a, a guilty party and you not get back on the horse, not get back in the fight. Don't let the enemy cause us to delay our run, our stride. Lay aside every weight and sin that's so easy. Some of us are, are running with backpacks of rocks. Unload them. Why? So we can run swiftly. So we can run strategically. And so we can endure to the end, to press. Not with fatigue, wholehearted, gunning for the goal, which is Christ. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward to, I know my grandma's up there in heaven. I know loved ones. I want to see Jesus. I want to see him first. I want to see him first. Verse 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. We are not to walk the same directions as the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ought to go and grow in grace and in the knowledge. Both. God gives us grace to wake up. So we ought to be a great steward of reading the word of God. If we spend an hour to 10 hours on the phone. How much are we giving to God in his word? And I just use phone as an example. It could be a hot rod. It could be whatever it is, your job, whatever it is. It's got to be balance. Balance. Give God his due. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's turn to um, Isaiah 43.7. Many of you guys know this, but let's turn to Isaiah 43.7. Real quick, and then I'm going to show you one more. Isaiah 43, 7. If you don't know why you created it's right here. You can underline it. You can't say you wasn't shown it. you held accountable right here now that you are going to read it. Amen. Here we go. Isaiah 43, 7 is for all of us. Amen. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created him for my glory. Why were we created, men? Why were we created, men? For his glory. glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. We have been made for God's glory. Turn with me to uh, Ezekiel chapter 33. Let's go to verse 12. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of a righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity... None of his righteousness, righteous works shall be remembered. But because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die if he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right. If the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statue of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins, which he has committed, shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, the way of the Lord is not fair. But it is their way which is not fair. 
When the righteous turn from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge everyone of you according to his own ways. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming because men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your love. We thank you, God, that you're not slack concerning your promise, not willing that any should perish but all be saved. We pray, O God, that you would stir our hearts to be about our Father's business. Help us to repent to be about our Father's business. Help us to repent to be witnesses for you. No condemnation, Lord. Let us just do what thus saith the Lord this night, this day. And for those who do not know you in the pardon of their sin, we ask, O God, that they come seeking, asking, what must I do to be saved? And it's simple to repent and receive Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your free gift of salvation, Lord. We thank you, O God, that Jesus died in our place, that he died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. We ask, O God, that you renew our fellowship, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. There are many who do not have the same joy as they had when they first accepted Christ. We ask, O God, that you would stir up the gift in them to have that joy, to rekindle that fire. Rekindle the fire, Lord, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Lord, bring revival to every man, to every boy, to every girl, to every woman, to everyone, to be renewed in their face, to be drawn by Christ. Help us, Lord, to be, purif- be purified by this hope that we have in Christ, that you're coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for your long suffering. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.